Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, so I want to welcome everyone to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is Brandon Allen, and I am really excited about today's show. Now, funny enough, I get, you know, the only time I have guests, guys, is if I get a PR company that reaches out to me and says, hey, we got someone that we think would be a great guest on your show that's really aligned with the philosophies that you share. And so I, I review books, I read them, and then if I like the book, let's get the author on there and we'll talk about it. So I, I was reached out to by, and I'll give these guys a plug because I think they're fa- uh, fantastic, Osmond Marketing, who does a lot of PR, uh, you know, they're, they're people that I recommend and endorse. And they just said, hey, you know, we've got this guy that we think would be great for your podcast. His name's Michael Isom. He wrote this book called What Would the Rockefellers Do? And I just had to flat out tell him I'm sick of that book. I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> and I say that only because it, it, is, it is written by two friends of mine, Garrett Gunderson and Michael Isom. And so Michael Isom is who we have today. And so I just thought that was really funny that, you know, I've known Michael for a long time and, and his PR company reached out to me and said, hey, this guy would be great. And I kind of screwed with the PR guy a little bit before I agreed to do uh, the interview. So I'm sure he was really appreciative of that. He probably asked for a raise after he got done dealing with me. Um, but that's where we're, we're at today. So for those of you who don't know who Michael Isom is, Michael is a wealth strategist. He is the creator of Vault. AIS. We're going to get into that here in a second. And as I mentioned, he is the co-author of a book with Garrett Gunderson called What Would the Rockefellers Do? So Michael, thank you for being a guest on the show and welcome. Uh, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. And, and you're welcome also. It, it, it's funny that you give that introduction with the PR firm. It's probably why my bill was 20% more that month. Yeah, sorry, man. You know, sorry. That's if a you're giving them a hard tax. time. Yeah, it's a branding tax. <laughs> Um, I don't know Good if stuff. Donald Trump can do anything about that tax, but so, so Michael, give people a background about you, how you got here, give them a little bit of information that I didn't give them. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity, Brandon. And for all of you out there listening, uh, like Brandon said, I've known him for years. I met him through Garrett Gunderson and Brandon's experience with Garrett over the years, Garrett Gunderson and I met the summer of 2000 when I got into the financial services industry. And from 2000 through 2007, I put to test, I was testing back and forth all the different wealth strategies that are available out there to the public today. And those that are not available to the public that we write about in our book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? How the Wealthy Get and Stay That Way. And I mentioned 2000 to 2007 because it was the end of 07 when I had slowly succumbed to the mindset that's so prolific out in the financial services industry today, which is high risk equals high rate of return. And I had taken on a lot of risk. I chuckle now, but at the time, it uh, and every now and again, it pings at me in a really big way. But I found myself having lost over $4 million of my family's life savings, my kids' college education gone, all of our right retirement savings gone. And the effect of losing that money sent me into a tailspin. I shut down my offices for several years. And it wasn't until the fall of 2010, beginning of 2011, where Garrett Gunderson came to me. We had a talk. He watched me go through all that. 
and he encouraged me to leverage my past experiences to move forward, creating value for those that I got in front of. So we came together a couple of years ago, wrote the book, and the book is a result of Garrett and I running our practices together for all those years. It's also a result of the major life lessons that I extracted from that experience. And so you don't ever have to experience that yourself, and you can learn from it, and it's extremely powerful. We talk about the most, finan- the most powerful financial institutions out there, which are banks, and that's kind of the business side of my life and why I'm so passionate about what I do today because of the effect that money had on my life and how it, I'm sure, affects your life and your view of it. So I meet with clients on a daily basis and go through that. But, Brandon, uh, as far as an introduction also, I've been married for 23 years to my beautiful bride, Wendy. Our daughter, Kennedy, is now 21. Our son, Caden's 18. And it's just an incredible feeling to be a father, as you know, Brandon, uh, and I love that. I honor that role of being not only married, but being a father and running my business. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. So, Michael, I hope you, um, I'm, you're okay with me doing this, but before I get into the book, um, I'm going to just, I'm going to acknowledge this about you, and look, during 2007, 2008 for people, and this happened for a lot of people, shit hit the fan. Lots of people, including myself, were in a terrible spot. And I'll just tell you this. This is the, a testament to the kind of person that Michael is. Uh, there's a terminology called suffering well, and I really felt like I observed from afar Michael suffering well with, and treating people with dignity during this time and really trying to do the right thing. So, Michael, I want to acknowledge you for that, first of all, just to kind of paint the picture of what kind of character that you have. But also, you know, when we talk about, you know, just going through something like that, I just think this is so powerful for people because most of the people that listen to my show are entrepreneurs, they're business owners. And look, if you own a business for any period of time, you're going to have some things happen in your life that are not ideal. It's just going to, it's going to happen. That's just life. And so, Michael, for you, what was the key, man? How did you, how did you come out on the other side, family intact, you know, ready to take on the next challenge? Just why I just think that'd be so helpful if you don't mind just you know hearing your process for doing that because I think it could be very powerful. Mm, yeah, Brandon. First of all, thank you for acknowledging that and saying that. Uh, I closed my eyes for a moment as you were saying that and felt uh, the deep emotions as I went through that experience. And it was over two years, guys, that uh, I didn't work. I had shut down my offices. I lived off of some of the savings that I had. I went into debt. And uh, I, and so I, I appreciate hearing that, that uh, you have that view of me, Brandon. I, I really do. Uh, some of the major things that I've learned from that that I use daily, daily in my life today, number one, and I got this originally. I, I shared this a lot. I just shared it this morning with some clients in Rhode Island. Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach was an early mentor of mine. And I have this on my shelf right here. I'm looking at it, the cassette version. It's now on a, uh, I'm sure it's a digital download now, Brandon. But <laughs> I, I have it on a 33, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have the cassette, and I also have the books that I mail to my clients every now and again when I'm talking about this. But it's this concept of learning how to avoid the gap and having a positive focus. And for me, the translation of all of that over all these years 
on a regular basis is to stop, look back, and celebrate. We drive. You guys are all drivers. I'm a driver. Brandon, you're a driver. We're going to continue to drive. It's what feeds us that growth, that creation, that expansion in our life, especially in business. Every area of our life is what feeds us. It's what creates the most for those around us. But there's two types of people out there. One's extremely happy and one's miserable. And the guy that's extremely happy is the guy that not only drives, but he stops on a regular basis. He looks back at where he's come from to where he's at today, and he celebrates that. And that momentum that that creates by stopping, looking back, and celebrating, having that positive focus will actually propel us forward even more with that happiness than ever before if we don't do it. And so that was a big thing that I extracted from going through that experience. One of the lessons is to stop, look back, celebrate, have a positive focus. The next one is to maintain control versus relinquish control when it comes to my cash. And that's why uh, I changed the branding of our company just recently to Vault AIS. The A is number one asset. You are your number one asset. The, the I is number one investment. Your own business that you run, that I run, Brandon, that you run is your number one investment. It's what's brought the most amount of cash into your life. It's what will continue to bring the most amount of cash in your life. And if there is anything out there that you per, you're putting your time, your attention, or your money into that derails you from producing at your highest level and your number one investment you're on in business, then I would encourage you to take a look at that because the cost is extremely high. And some of those areas could be outside investments where you re- relinquish control of your cash. So when I relinquished control of my cash and I lost it seeking that high rate of return, it took me away from my business. And several years of not producing, which would have been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of production. So it's not just the money I lost, but it was the, the, the old money that I lost, but it was the new money that I could have made as a result of staying in business. So maintaining control, being very clear about what my number one investment is. And then the next item that has been really big for me as far as a lesson out of that when I was going through it, and I didn't see it at the time, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but I thank God today that I, I have this perspective and that I now choose to look at those times in my life, good and bad, trying times, disappointments, frustrations, whatever they are, and I take that thought of whatever that situation is through a series of questions, I extract the lesson And then I apply that lesson in every area of my life moving forward. So that drift then becomes a gift for me to turn it around. Those are probably the three major things that I've taken from that experience. There's many others, but those are the three major ones. Nice. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so helpful. I mean, just think about the first one to celebrate what's going on in your life. When you're a driver, that is a lost art. Because we're always on to the next thing. It's never enough. And we always hear, you know, I get people all the time. It's like, hey, why don't you slow down? Why don't, you know, and sometimes it's important for me to slow down and be appreciative, be grateful, be in a celebratory mood. 
around what is going on because everything is a gift. And when we lose that, I've found that I can be cynical even in the best of circumstances because I'm not celebrating that. And then things that should be an asset to me become an obstacle in my own life. And so I think that's just so powerful. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yep. That's great. So, Michael, um, let's talk about what would the Rockefellers do then. You wrote this with Garrett. Tell me why you guys wrote the book. Yeah, we wrote the book because we wanted to get what we have been sharing for all these years into print in an organized way for our clients, for our referrals to be able to discover what the most useful production of a dollar is in their own life. And we wrote it because financial institutions don't write this. And and to add some clarity to this, financial institutions, if you think about a bank, it's all financial institutions, but if you think about a bank especially, they have an agenda and it's fourfold. They want our number our money, number one. So any financial institution, but if you think of a bank, the number one thing a bank wants is they want our money. Number two, they want our money on a regular basis. Number three, they want to hold on to our money for as long as possible. And number four, they want to pay our money back to us as slow as possible. Every product and service they manufacture meets that agenda. So the banks are teaching you, all of you, myself, their marketing, their billions of dollars in marketing, their advertising, their salespeople, their their financial strategists, their financial planners, their bankers, mortgage guys, stockbrokers, they teach them all to sell that agenda, and they teach us to put our money with them and let it sit. The miracle of compound interest, wouldn't it be great to retire off of such a large sum of money that you could live interest only from it? Hey, do a 15-year mortgage because you pay less in interest and we'll give you a little bit lower interest rate. They want that money to come back to the bank quicker because what banks do with our cash that we put with them is they lend it out. And then they get it back and then they lend it out again. So they're teaching us to do one thing, which is to accumulate it and give it to them. And then what they do with it is the exact opposite, and they lend it out and get it back and lend it out and get it back. So the book, What Would the Rockefellers Do, How the Wealthy Get and Stay That Way, is that the Rockefeller families, being one of the most prolific names for legacy, have a family bank within their own family, whereby they use their cash for future money decisions that they're going to make anyway, and they pay themselves the interest versus a financial institution, and that's your potential. Everyone listening on this call, if this is the first time you've heard of this concept, it's your potential to save your cash in an area where you can use it for future money decisions and pay yourself that interest versus a financial institution. And no longer, if you choose and you don't want to, do you have to relinquish control of your cash over to Wall Street? You can maintain control, especially for our business owners out there. What an incredible tool and way to plan with your money is to create your own banking system. We wrote the book. We give the details of that entire system in the book, step by step, and it's 
been extremely empowering, not only in our own lives, but all our clients' lives that utilize it in their planning. Where do people typically go wrong financially or I guess, what are the most challenging concepts that you guys promote here? Because people hear something like the Rockefellers, and they may think, well, gosh, I'm not a Rockefeller. I don't, I don't need to worry about this, or this isn't for me, or I can't do this. What are the, what are the biggest obstacles that you hear people bring up with uh, utilizing a system like this and, and living a lifestyle in this way, uh, and, and how do you help them overcome that? Yeah, great question, Brandon. It's exactly what you said. They they do think that they must be wealthy and they have this story in their mind of what wealthy is. And we have clients every day, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month, you know, and you times that by twelve, thirty six, forty eight, six thousand a year going into their own banking system. And of course, we have the clients that are putting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year away also. So you don't have to be that millionaire billionaire to start your own banking system. But what you do have to have is the desire and the ability to start increasing your human life value. And everybody has that, meaning we can all choose to learn, to hire someone to assist us with learning this. So it'd just be the perception in someone's mind that they're not a billionaire or a millionaire to be able to do what the wealthy do with their cash, to have that desire. And, and we dispel that myth right up front in our book. For those individuals who are listening to this, what are the, in, in, in what would the Rockefellers do without, you know, telling them everything that's in the book, but for you guys, what are some of the fi- foundational principles? Give me one or two just foundational principles for people to chew on and think about. And then we're going to talk about this, guys. If you're wondering, okay, where's the book? How do I get the book? Um, if you go to Amazon, apparently you can buy it for like $10,000 or something like that. But uh, but it's it's really the only way you get it is through our office or Mike's office or, or whatever. So we're going to talk with you about yeah. how you can get your hands on it. But for now, what are, what are a couple things that they can chew on, just some principles from the book that – would be really helpful just to the average listener to take back to their world of finance and utilize. Yeah. Number one, two top things. Um, and I, I think they're equally as important um, that our clients really like our business owner clients. So if you think of your own business and you put into that thought process legacy and not only legacy, but succession plan, you know, what do you do with your business when you start slowing down in it? How do you transition it to another owner? How do you sell it? How do you think legacy in your own life? So I would encourage you when you look at the title of our book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? Look at the side of the Rockefellers that's not only the cash side, you know, worth billions of dollars, but it's the legacy side and being able to pass on that legacy from one generation to another. Our most successful clients are the clients that think legacy today. Meaning, are you clear about the life lessons in your own business, personally and professionally, that you live by, that you breathe by, that you build your business by, that you would live or die by in your own life? So gaining clarity on those life lessons the principles, the philosophy around why you do what you do, 
write them down, the self-interest for each of us in being clear about our life lessons is that it benefits us today. But if we're clear about it and we write it down and we have it in an organized way in our business, it's something that we can pass on of massive value, massive stock value of how and why we did what we did to build our business. And for myself, Brandon, it's for my wife, not only my wife, but our kids, Kennedy and Caden, teaching them how to think and then being able to pass that on to them. So number one is legacy. And then the second item is that of being a bank and thinking like a bank, acting like a bank and creating your own banking system with the tremendous amount of cash flow that will pass through your hands anyway. Think about creating your own banking system and we put that in a simple process in the book. And of course, we do that in live meetings here in our office. But it's possible for you to create your own banking system. So think legacy and start thinking maybe for the first time about creating your own banking system with your current cash flow to pay yourself versus a financial institution. And that creates a very high rate of return. Love it. So let's take it back to legacy just real quick here, because I know Garrett has created this. I'm working on this myself. Get, let's let's take the the whole idea of of the thought process and leaving the kind of legacy nuggets, if you will, to our families. Give me a couple of examples, or give our listeners a couple of examples of just things that you have in there that you feel like are just essential for you. Now everyone's going to be different, so. What Mike has written in his does not mean that's what needs to be written in yours, but give people just a couple of examples, just something that they can make this a little bit more tangible about what we're talking about. Yeah. And chapter 12, for those of you that do have our book or will be getting it, chapter 12 in the book speaks directly on this. And Garrett was so gracious to put a few pages of his actual trust, Brandon, in the book and it's his it's called his statement of purpose mm-hmm. and his statement of purpose and and again we encourage you to be creative with this to work with an attorney we personally use Andrew Howell at York Howell his uh, 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 information's in the book and we use him a lot he, he wrote some things in the book for us so we want to give him credit for that but the statement of purpose is your you know your family values the things that you value that if you died today, you would want to pass on to your posterity. For myself, our son being 18 and our daughter 21. And and, and guys listening, um, and Brandon, you know this, but uh, Garrett and I had two other business partners in the summer of 2006. It was June 8th of 06 that Ray Hooper and Les McGuire, along with Dwayne Pugmire, who was flying this small turboprop airplane, They flew from northern Utah down to St. George and spent the day with me. We did a seminar that night, and they flew back, and upon their final approach into the Provo Airport over Utah Lake, they hit a microburst cloud that threw them 1,000 feet up and straight into the water, killing all three of them instantly, taking four days to recover one of the bodies, the fifth day the other two. And uh, thank God they journaled. Thank God they had their legacy planning, their trust, their statement of purpose in place, along with life insurance to fund all of that for their families. 
And I know, and I leverage this in my own life, and so do all my clients, that when we do this planning, it takes a little bit of time, it takes some effort, it takes just a little bit of cash to put it in place. But when you do this, the self-interest of doing it is that it empowers you more today to be able to perform at a high le- higher level, knowing versus hoping that if something happened to you, that everything would be passed on. So when I have that in my planning, which I do today, I show up to work differently. I talk differently with more power, more presence. And, I, and I'm so glad that Ray and Les did this. And so for you, it's having things inside a trust to be able to pass on, whether it's tomorrow or 50 years from today that you pass away. And so a statement of purpose would be books that you'd want to have your kids read. It would be uh, life lessons. It would be ways that you thought, how you think, how you worked through things. You're encouraging them to do things. There's a great book that I have in, in our trust for our kids. They've read it, but I would have our grandkids read it. It's called 40 Alternatives to College by James Altucher just to get our kids to think outside of the box. Uh, another one is Atlas Shrugged by Ann Rand. It's just such a great book. Just things like that. And when they do that and they write a book report and they do things with it, then they have access to more of that money. So it's not just an outright lump sum of money that's plopped into their lap. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Thank you. That's so. I think that's so helpful. So, Mike, we're, we're talking about finance the book is more than just about doll you know numbers on a piece of paper uh yeah. take us beyond just the finance what are what are the life implications of what would the rockefellers do in the message in there yeah yep so here's what i hear you saying brandon is that yeah and, and guys i'm a capitalist so i'm about rate of return but i'm also more about a concept we call the economic value of certainty. There's tremendous economic value that can come into your life by knowing versus hoping, leveraging and utilizing the financial plan that you have, or if you don't have, to create one and leverage the utility of that plan in your life to produce at a higher level, not only in business, but in your personal life, to be able to show up with more presence, to be present in the moment and enjoy life, to have that positive focus, to be more creative versus stressed out of your mind all the time. And by doing this sort of planning and doing what would the Rockefellers do that we write in our book, it assists you with not only the economics, but the certainty of knowing in your life that allows you to live a more enjoyable life as a result. I love it. I love it. So for those who are listening, Michael, any final thoughts, anything about the book, the message, the philosophy that you want to talk about and cover uh, that we didn't cover? I want to make sure that all of you are clear that it's possible, first of all, for you to get things organized if it's not organized or if you have it organized, to be able to create your own banking system. 
I touched on this. I talked about it. But I want you to really know that it's possible for you to create your own banking system, to create your own legacy plan, no matter what level you're at in the game. And when you do that, you're more empowered. You're able to create, expand, and grow at a higher level than ever before. And that's what fulfills you. That's what fulfills me. And it's what creates the most for those around me. And so just know that that's possible. Get our book, study it, meet with one of our advisors here in the office if you would like, but start and know that it's possible for you to have this in your life. Yeah, I love that. And look, the big picture here for everyone listening is intention. When we have intention, we can do special things, whether it be in finance, at work, with our families, uh, in our spiritual lives. When we have intention, we set the bar for what is possible for ourselves. But what I love about what Michael and Garrett do is that where we get the intention is through philosophy. What is the philosophy of how we deal with money? What is my philosophy for how I deal with my family? What's the philosophy for how I spend time in my life, whether it be through work, whether it be through my personal time? How do I do that in an intentional way? Because... As Mike shared uh, uh, some stories here, and I can share some other stories with you as well, when we wait till tomorrow to make that impact or that change in our life, the problem is is sometimes tomorrow doesn't come. And for all of us, that is going to happen at some point in time. Tomorrow will Uh not come. And the question for you today is, is, are you ready at the level that you would like to be? What does that look like? What is your preparation What is it that if you had to let your family know that, prepare your family for uh, your exit from this earth, what what could be done differently to make sure that their life uh, continues on and your legacy continues on through them in that process? That's what I think is so powerful, and that's what what would the Rockefellers do have to offer. So, Michael... What is the way that they can get the book? You you are being very gracious and generous to make sure that everyone listening to this podcast has the opportunity to check out uh, the book. So where can they get it? Yeah, 1-801-396-7211. That's a text opt-in that we created just for you. If you'll text FREE, F-R-E-E, WWRD to 801-396-7211, we will email you a digital download. And if you if you want a hardbound copy of the book, we'll give it to you for free, and you just pay the shipping. It's $695. And so 801-396-7211 and text FREE, F-R-E-E, WWRD, and we'll be happy to get that to you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to put that in the show notes, too, at newworkrevolution.com. So we'll have that in the show notes also. But make sure I look, pause this right now and text Michael. Just pause it right now. Text him. Get the book. I promise you it will be unlike anything that you've read on finance up to this point. It's a game changer. I get tons of great feedback because of the work and the circle of influence that I operate in. I've gotten tons of great feedback on this book. 
uh, it's it really has tremendously impacted a lot of people's lives and given them just some real great information on how to move forward and how to engage in that process with professionals who know what they're doing, like Michael, like Garrett. So make sure you check out the book. So Michael, thank you for being on the podcast today. Anything else that you want to mention, talk about, or go over that we didn't cover? Anything I missed? Brandon, I thank you for that. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a great call. I just want each of you to know that it's possible for you to set up your own banking system and to live the life that you want to live today and not let money or finance get in the way of it. So take the time, just like Brandon said, if you don't, tomorrow may or may not come. And the power that can come into your life by acting today, by knowing versus hoping, can be leveraged in a massive way. So I appreciate being on the call, and thank you for your time. Awesome. All right, guys. Make sure you text Michael. Get the book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? I promise you will not be disappointed. I want to thank everyone for listening. Do me a favor. If you found the show helpful, if you like the show, make sure you rate it in iTunes. Share it on social media. Let friends know. Who needs to know about What Would the Rockefellers Do? Who needs to know about legacy planning? Who needs better wealth and financial information? Hey, pass that along to people that you care about, that you know, and that you love. So again, I want to thank everyone for listening this week. We will be back again soon with another episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.